Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you, March 8th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. I've still got the hang of it, although would you expect any different? It was nothing but a short, little, tiny, eensy-weensy weekend getaway. I'm still waiting for that big, long week vacation, but beggars can't be choosers i feel refreshed it was nice just to have a couple to a few days off but it's even better to be back i miss the roll call boys how are you all i'm good i uh yeah i'm good i i won some money last night betting college basketball so that's cool i uh went to bed early so that's also cool um yeah and it's wednesday hump day so glad to have you back, TJ. How was the vacation? I, I, I there's so many questions I have. I, I just want to know all about it. Did you go down a black diamond slope? Roush is having uh, a little bit of connection issues, so we'll, we'll get to him once he gets all fired back up and, and ready to rock and roll. Uh, I, I did yes and no. Yes, I went down like it was a little cut through trail from one blue to another blue that was a black, but strategically the shortest that I could find on the mountain, or at least what I thought was the shortest on the mountain. And then I went down a blue that I can't be convinced otherwise that wasn't a black diamond. It was just <laughs> incredibly impossible and hard, but it techn- and it was long and I had a lot of trouble on it that uh, I, I cannot be convinced that it was, that it was in fact, a blue, but I'll tell you a little bit more about the weekend and some of my skiing escapades. I'll make it quick and brief because I know nobody really cares. But uh, yeah, we'll talk about it in a moment. Roush, did you get did you get the connection figured out? I think I did. Um, you sound, you sound great. Right? Yeah, you sound you sound great to me, buddy. Well, you look great to me too, buddy. Did uh, did you enjoy the purple dirple skanky ganky Keystone Kush? Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to. Scoot, I didn't mean to text that into the show, Scoots. But you, you did end up wanting the purple scurple stinky danky, right? I said on the show yesterday. I said I'll take them both, please and thank you. Yeah, they were out of the Keystone Kush. Oh, plenty of purple scurple stinky danky. <laughs> uh, so you know, <laughs> but, uh, 
You have to go out to Colorado, unfortunately, to, to pick it up. But it's it's there at Will Call Ooh. waiting for you. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was it was good. It was a good trip. Well, a good. I enjoyed myself a lot. But it, it really, Roush, as I kind of talked to you and on this show about, like we had five kids under three that were going to be there. Maybe four now. Um, there was going to be what six parents, then two grandparents, five kids under four. So we were a little concerned about how that would go. Well, it it went poorly, as you would expect. Um, before we even get to the airport, one parent is like, "Hey, my youngest has an ear infection. There's blood in her ears, or dried up blood, which is kind of common for ear infections." Is it sounds a lot worse. It looks a lot worse than it actually is. But uh, she's got an ear infection. Not sure it's the best idea for her to be flying with an ear infection and flying to a city that's a mile above sea level, and we're only going to even go a little bit higher up than that. So that baby drops out. Baby doesn't go. Baby is uh, is the first uh, incident, if you will, of the vacation. Secondly, we get there, uh, another mom doesn't feel well. And she's at the point, she's like, I've got to go to the doctor tomorrow uh, because I feel so sick. Goes to the doctor. Doctor's like, there's you know nothing totally wrong with you. You just got a little infection. Uh, you can do what you need to do. She, she's thinking about going home. The next day, another person gets sick. They're thinking about going home. Uh, it tur- it, it, luckily, they started feeling better. But it was just one person after another scoots just during the week, not feeling well, under the weather. My baby slept horribly, so she was just, like, screaming at the top of her lungs the first two nights. Uh, so there, there, were, there, there, were, there were. There were some hiccups. But I was able to ski. We were able to end up mostly having a great time. It just seemed like everybody one day or another wasn't feeling well. Uh, maybe it was the altitude. Maybe it was just sharing a house with a ton of people with a ton of germs. But – um, it, it was fun. It was nice. I, it was. You know, it's tough to get all those kids together, especially on a plane and then an hour, two hour drive and all that stuff. But we were able to make it work. Uh, on the slopes, two issues. One, I still got it. That's not an issue. That's just I just need to say it as a matter of fact. Still got it. Like riding a bicycle. <laughs> Fifteen years off, and I come right back, and I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. Uh, but. On our second run, that was the one that was the blue that was blue that I was convinced was actually a black diamond. We're going down, and like even on my first run, I was like, "Oh my gosh, these slopes are just incredibly steep." Uh, but you just take your time on it. You cut. You do. You do pizzas. You, I, I was fine. It didn't take long to figure it out. Second run, we go. We're going down these moguls, and I'm like, "Oh, geez, Louise, I'm like, I, I needed to probably shake off a little bit more rust before we got into that." But I'm doing okay, and we get to this the most difficult part of it, and I'm kind of taking my time, and these three little kids get in front of me, and like we're going through it together, or at this point we're going through it together, and so I'm like having to I don't want to I don't want to try to be too aggressive because then I'm going to end up passing these kids, and I'm not confident in myself enough to not take them out, or they could potentially take me out because they were having a tough time. <laughs> So I'm on the same skill level as these like eight-year-old kids going through these moguls, but really I'm behind them, and I don't want to just cut right through and potentially kill all of them. So as I'm trying to manage the moguls and manage not killing these kids, and moguls are like these bumps on the slopes, if you're unfamiliar. It's like man-made, custom-built bumps uh, just to make it more difficult for some reason. 
And so it's difficult enough as is. Then uh, I'm kind of sliding. It was really icy because it was super windy, so it was kind of blowing some of the snow. I was a little disappointed with the conditions, but different story for a different day. And I'm, I'm going. I'm kind of slide. I don't really fall, but I am, like, nearly on my side as I'm trying to break a little bit on one of these moguls. And a ski comes off. It clips the other ski, and it comes off. And I don't, it's not really technically a fall, but I'm on my side without a ski. So I'm on, so I got to go put my ski on, but it was such a steep hill and these stupid moguls have bumps on them that I can never get like good footing. And there's nobody around to help me. Uh, at this point, the kids were now a little bit further down the slopes uh, and they weren't going to help an old man like myself anyways, and probably rightfully so, but I can't get any footing to get my ski back on. So I'm like, so I'll stand up, try to put my ski on. The ski will slip out from underneath me, go about three feet. All right, well, I'll kind of scoot down here a little bit. Ski's down three feet. I'll try to put it back on. Slips out from underneath me because I can't get any solid footing. I'm on a hill, and I'm also not an expert and kind of forgot the practices of how to get your ski back on in kind of difficult situations. <laughs> Eventually, I do get it back on, but it just took me forever, um, and that was kind of embarrassing. And then the last run of the day, I was going down, having fun enjoying myself and there's a blue there's a blue way and then there's a green way so i'm thinking to myself do i just want to call it a trip and mail it in and you know i've I've made it without getting hurt let's just take the green or do i want the blue one final run make it a little bit more challenging for myself just something to go out on and as i'm doing that as i'm approaching like the split on the slope uh my ski stick got underneath my ski i just like not paying attention and instantly just tipped over to my right. And because my, ha- my my ski pole, I should say, my ski pole got stuck under my ski stick because I just wasn't paying attention. And that was, I really ate poop there, as the kids would say. <laughs> uh, really, like I just instantly like fell on my side, the whole right side of my body, because I couldn't get a hand down to even, even consider uh, stopping my fall. So that was the only time that I really had a pretty kind of nasty wipeout. I was fine. Have a little bruise on my side, but it was more embarrassing than anything else. Besides that, skiing went pretty well. Uh, I really missed it. That was a lot of fun. It's beautiful kind of taking your time going down a mountain. Uh, So for not doing it for 15 years, I was happy and proud of myself. But yes, one really embarrassing wipeout, just not paying attention. And then the other one, not so much embarrassing, but uh, was a total pain in the butt trying to get that ski back on. So there's your skiing update for me. Getting the the skis back on is the most challenging and frustrating part because then you get like the the ice and snow in your boot. It's just it's a nightmare. It's an absolute nightmare. But uh, oh, I'm yeah. glad oh, I'm yeah. glad you were able to to persevere because uh, I'm sure 15 years ago falling down didn't hurt as bad as it did this time. Uh, no, and I did a lot more falling down back in the day, but I also was like doing stupider things. This time I was just, like. Ooh, that kind of looks fun. Eh, but you know what would be not fun? Having a broken wrist. Uh, having a, my, my gosh, one thing I didn't really remember or was a little bit different back when I skied 15 years ago, Scoots, is back then most people wore helmets. Not everybody, though, especially not skiers. You wouldn't get as many skiers that would wear helmets. Now, like, you stand out like a sore thumb if you're not wearing a helmet. Uh, people will like point to you and like call you an idiot to your face if you're not wearing a helmet, which I actually did see. Um, I'm but guessing you didn't wear a helmet. The people that wear the helmet. What's that, Scooch? I'm guessing you didn't wear a helmet. Were they pointing no, at you? No, I definitely wore a helmet. Although when I was renting skis, like again, the last time I went skiing 15 years ago, not everybody 
would wear one. And uh, so, like, my brother and brother-in-law, my brother-in-law, he goes snowboarding, does snow activities a lot more than I do. He was like, are you going to rent a helmet? I was like, yeah, probably. Should I? And he was like, oh, yeah, you'll you 100% absolutely need to rent the helmet. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, I will. And I noticed that everybody was out there. And uh, like I said, I saw even people kind of like chirp at one another for the folks that weren't wearing a helmet. Um, but yes, had did wear helmet scoops. That is, that's probably the smart move. When you're under 30, you can go without a helmet. But now that you hit 30, yeah, you got to be renting a helmet for sure. I, I think if you're doing snow activities where just one little accidental fall, your head hits the ice. Uh, I think you probably need to wear it regardless of age, which my brother did. He hit his head really hard on the Ooh. ice, and uh, but luckily he was wearing a helmet, so said it wasn't a big deal whatsoever. My sister on her snowboard, she fell and hit uh, her knee, which really hurt, and she had a big nasty bruise, and it didn't look very good. Uh, it was a little bit my fault, Scoots. It was on a very narrow path, and she was on. she's a snowboarder. And so naturally, I was kind of going faster than her than I because I'm a skier. So I went and passed around her, and I didn't really get that close to her, but it was a narrow path, so everything was semi-close. And I spooked her a little bit, so she kind of lost her focus, and that's when she fell and hurt her knee. So I kind of felt bad about that, but she was okay. Mm, I, I'll have to say, if I went out there with you all, I would have definitely been a snowboarder as well. But fun fact, I've never done either. Never snowboarded or skied. Crazy, right? Well, you never right? headed up to old Paoli, huh? Uh, I've went to Paoli, but every time I go there, I'm I'm a big tuber. I, I like just hopping on a tube, letting it take me where it wants to, and and just doing it, going down a hill that way. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with tube. There's a big thrill there. Uh, a lot of skiing places do have some sort of tubing options. Correct. But yeah, no, you you should try it sometime. I think you could be a decent little skier. Oh, I, I definitely want to. I but I don't know if I want to ski because the the allure or the Thought of just somehow doing the splits just scares the daylights out of me. Is that realistic or no? No, no. You 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 wouldn't you wouldn't do this the splits. You'd fall over or your ski would come off or something would happen. Gotcha. You wouldn't have to worry about doing the splits so much. Skiing is easier to learn. I don't think there's any disagreeing with that, but you also like falling on your skis a little bit more pain in the butt and more of a hassle and hurts a little bit more. Then falling on a snowboard. On a snowboard, when you're learning, you kind of just end up on your butt and your back a ton, and you eventually figure it out. But you'll still end up on your butt and back a little bit. When you're doing skis and you're learning, it's easier. You'll get it faster. But some of your early wipeouts as you're going through the process, not enjoyable. I, I guess not, not fun. I guess I'm just I don't I don't want to say that I'm scared, but it's I've tried to water ski before, and I just could not get up on the water to save my life. So I just I, I have very low confidence when it comes to skiing. Well, yeah, it's like a totally different animal for what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you could get up on snow skis because all you have to do is stand up. It, water skiing, it, getting started is the hard part. Snow skiing, stopping is the hard part. Are you a good pizza cutter, TJ? Yes, I'm good. I'm a great pizza cutter. Uh, there's a lot of pizza, not as much French rind uh, on the slopes on, on, <laughs> on, on Monday, whenever I was on the slopes, Monday, uh, scoots, you, you would, you would figure it out in, in due time, but enough about me. What I miss, uh, I did get to hear Dylan Ballard yesterday. Appreciate him hopping on best, best voice in Kentucky media. He did a great job. That's right. I didn't get to hear the combine on Friday. Did everything go well in Indianapolis, Roush? 
Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it went well. Um, we had some spicy take, basketball takes from Walter Market that I'm sure the folks appreciated that we don't always get. Um, you you did miss the chance to really just pour salt in an open wound after DeSales loss in devastating fashion. So um, thanks for missing out on that one because that was, that was bad. That was bad. Yeah, I was kind of following that on my phone and – just every update to sales up by six, up by four, up by two. And then eventually, you know, Boom. it happened how it happened. Sorry about yeah. that. I bet that probably, that probably ate you up. I mean, and it did. And then I had to go and watch other scores from around the state. And it's just like, they don't play real basketball in half this freaking state. Why do the schools in Louisville get punished? Trust me, freaking nuts. Woodford County won a game 40 to 21 last night. How do you – how is that – come on. That's not the same sport that Mayo and Trinity were playing where they went to double overtime and went back and forth. I don't know how much you caught up with that, but I just heard it was an overtime, turned it on, and I think the leads changed on every single possession. It was a wild game, and uh, Mayo ultimately ended up coming out on top, getting one final stop. Um, but it was th- – that's the part that always irks me where, yes, I love the sweet th- – th- th- uh, Sweet 16, so great because it's so hard to get to, but also so crappy because Louisville teams are better than half these stinking teams that are out there that are making it to Rep Arena. It drives me nuts. Uh, Louisville elitist Roush at it again, disrespecting <sighs> the teams across the state. Yep. I was actually going to talk about, you know, congrats to Mail. Uh, that was the 7th Region Tournament. Did not disappoint in terms of just excitement, competitiveness. It, it's It's amazing. Uh, but that's the that, that's the special thing about the seventh region tournament. Like if you win it, like if you're male, you know, hey, in the toughest region in the state, we just came out on top. That that's that's enough to be proud of for a season in its own right. And the same for winning sixth region. And you go across the state a little bit, maybe it, it, the the level of competitiveness it goes down a little bit. But they're still always winning your region. That's that's your that's your big prize. That's and then true. Cherry on top is when you get to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, and, and I also hate, too, that you're also, you know, playing five on eight once you get to Rupp when you're from Louisville. So, um, you know. I love, uh, I, love a good, I love the good conspiracy theories on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, because it's true. It's, it's a fact. Um, well, it, it's like you can never be wrong either, too, if you're a team yeah. from Louisville and, and they do it. Because either you win and you're like, man, we overcame the, the, the Louisville bias. And that's just how dominant of a team that we are. <laughs> Or you lose, and maybe the refs played a role in it, maybe they didn't. But you automatically can just go to the, well, yeah, look at the whistle we got. We're a Louisville team well, up arena. Some some of it, I think, is just uh, uh, as Scoots, we talked about it one day. Sometimes you get some uh, officials from other regions, and they just they aren't used to the speed at which it's played in the city of Louisville. Um, so you don't they, they just don't call as much stuff. They let them play. So there's a different style that goes into that nature of it. But I will say, at least this year, it is it is going to be a star-studded Sweet 16 affair where you've got um, Woodford County one, so Jasper Johnson, he's a big-time recruit. Um, Vince Merrill's nephew, John McCreer, I forget where he signed to play with, maybe like Western or Murray State. Uh, but uh, Travis Perry, they, they won yesterday in advance. He'll have a chance to break King Kelly Coleman's record at Rupp. Uh, and you're going to have Reed Shepard there. So it is going to be a star-studded fair. I'm sure uh, Julian Tackett and the KHSAA are excited to have a bunch of big names in this year's Sweet 16. 
Yeah, it's gonna. It's always an event, the Sweet Sixteen at Rupp Arena, but especially this year. Goodness gracious, you're no, no kidding, Roush. Uh, it's gonna be fun. When does the action start? On Thursday? No, a week from today. So the girls' Sweet Sixteen begins today, and I don't think. I think uh, Little Blue Drew, uh, Big Blue Drew's daughter Lily. I think her Mercy team starts play tomorrow, um, but that's that's probably going to be a. Uh, a Sacred Heart or Bust sort of uh, <laughs> sort of deal, um, but Warren Central they've been one of the better teams in the state all year. They made it. Ashland Blazer, a familiar uh, foe, they're back in there. George Rogers Carr has been in the mix for a long time, so it's going to be. Uh, they're taking on Reed Shepherd in the opening round. Should be should be a lot of fun uh, next yeah. week at Rupp Arena. That that will be great. I did not realize it was next week though, but uh, great. We'll wait a little bit, a little bit longer. Teams can take a deep breath after the region championships and get back at it next week. But congrats to all the teams that advanced and uh, the sales so close. They'll get there soon enough, Roush. You'll, you'll get your moment in Rupp Arena, buddy. Maybe, maybe. Someday. TJ, you know what else you missed while you are gone? What's that, Scoots? Uh, to buy lottery tickets, and somebody won Powerball. So I just wanted to thank you for that. Well, it wasn't uh. us. Why, why are you thanking me for – Somebody else went in Powerball. I didn't do anything with that. Because you didn't buy a ticket, and we missed our opportunity to win. So now there's no more opportunities to win? Well, I'm just saying we missed our opportunity. By the way, I do have a pretty funny lottery story for you guys. Scoots, Scoots they keep playing every day. We'll have other chances to win. That's true. But you got to make it up to us is what I'm saying. Well, the, the I actually did go – this is a true story – uh, I did go to one gas station in Colorado and ask for a lottery ticket, and the person behind me did not speak English and like had no clue what I was talking about. Mm. Like even like pointing to like the the lottery thing, there was there was nothing. Uh, and then so then I was like, all right, well I'll just get a, I'll get the online ticket. Well, actually, I tried this first and it didn't work, and that's why I did the gas station thing. But you can't do a Kentucky online lottery ticket when you're not in Kentucky. No, you can't. No. <laughs> um, which I figured would probably maybe be the case. But, like, who really cares, you know? Like, if I've got the app and I've got an account, let me play the Kentucky lottery from Timbuktu if I want to, for all for all you all care. But, uh, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it back, Scoots. Don't worry yeah. about it. Let me hear your funny lottery story. Uh, so, so I sent you all the picture yesterday of the ticket I bought, right? And I proceed to get in my car, put it up in my visor. That's that's where I keep all my lottery tickets. And it was a nice day yesterday, so I had my window open, take off from the gas station, forgot my Shady Rays at the house. So I had to use my sun visor to keep my sun out of my eyes. Freaking pull the thing down, thought I had a finger on my ticket, blows out the window. So I immediately call my mom, who works for the lottery, and I'm like, Mom, theoretically... I put this lottery ticket in my sun visor, and theoretically, I pull the visor down, and it blows out the window. What happens? And she was like, oh, well, yeah, you, you can't win. She was like, you have to have the ticket present. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, Mom, it's been nice knowing you because tonight's going to be the night that we win, and I will be a dead man tomorrow. So, yeah, <laughs> it, it was a pretty hilarious story. Turns out I only hit one number on the whole ticket, so I'm not worried about it. But I do feel bad for littering. Oh, man. Scoots, you got to be careful with that. that. I was just waiting for last night to be the night we won, and you all, oh, my God. I can't even imagine what would have happened. Uh, also, of all the Anaheim. places to put anything, why would, I, I've never understood putting things in between the visor. I just do that because that's what, that's like a family thing for me. And I know that sounds weird, but, like, 
I've always seen my grandpa put his lottery tickets up in his visor. I've always seen all my uncles put their lottery tickets up in their visor. My dad did it. So it's just like a trickle-down effect. I've watched all those guys do it throughout my life, so now that's what I do. Well, here's here's the solution. Maybe instead of using your visor, you just get taller so you don't need to use a visor because your sight line is above the the where the sun could hit you in the ass. Yeah, my shortness also comes from my family, Roush, so there's nothing I can do about that. So suck it, pal. <laughs> text on into a th- the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. We love Thornton's. Great way to start your day. It's the middle of the week. You've made it this far. Reward yourself. You're halfway through. Get yourself some donuts. Conference championship week. Live a little bit at Thornton's. And for new Refreshing Rewards members, you can download the Refreshing Rewards app and get a free breakfast and free drink on Thornton. So check it out. Today, uh, you'd mentioned, Scooch, that this all started because you had misplaced your Shady Rays. Just want to say, my Shady Rays on the slope, snow goggles, were ski goggles, I guess I should say. Uh, You wear them in the snow. They were a huge hit. Got plenty of compliments on them. And even saw a, a few, to be specific, three different Shady Rays out on the slopes. Three nice. Three people wearing some Shady Rays goggles. So that was cool to see in little Keystone, Colorado. Shady Rays is a worldwide company. Uh, they've got just hundreds, thousands of five-star reviews. Go to ShadyRays.com, and the coolest part about it, save 25% off when you use promo code BIGX. 25% off with promo code Big X at checkout. We're going to take our first break. We'll come back. Uh, The gang's all back together, and we're having a good time with it. So maybe there will be more shenanigans. Maybe we'll go to the Thornton's text line. We do have some football, weirdly enough, spring football news that we can discuss and chat about. Uh, But it is conference championship week as well. We're still a couple days away from seeing the Cats play. uh, But there's always basketball to talk about. So it's going to be a jam-packed Kentucky roll call. Do not go anywhere. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Spending all your money on me. On me. What you going to do with all that junk? All that junk inside that trunk. I'm going to get, 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 get you drunk. Get you love drunk off my hump. What you going to do with all that? All that. I'ma make, 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 make you scream Make you scream, make you scream Cause of my heart My heart, my heart, my heart Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call Post game show is brought to you by Christ, I can't find it The hell with it Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Okay. KRC goes 7 to 9 Monday through Friday. Replay of the show 9 to 11, which is the replay on Mountain Time. That was always great. Uh, I did listen live to the end of yesterday's show, but I did not listen to the beginning. And then the replay just started right back up. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was able to catch uh, the, the start of the show yesterday, which was a good, good time. So check us out anywhere you get your podcast. You can just search for Kentucky Roll Call and listen there. It is Wednesday of Conference Championship Week, like we mentioned. And Nick Roush, Louisville has no more conference tournament games this week. Oh, you mean Louisville didn't, couldn't beat Boston College? It's Wednesday of Conference Championship Week, 
And the Cards are no longer playing any more games. They'll actually not play any more games for the rest of the season. They're done. Mm. Man, I'm sure it's bittersweet for Louisville fans. Just ah, they can't watch their team play anymore. It's got to make them sad, right? Or are they jumping for joy that they don't have to watch this team anymore? The ULL fans I know, I, I'm sure they're they're happy it's over, Roush. Like I, I'm sure that they wish that there could have been some intrigue, uh, you know, just like win a game and then get the UNC game, and maybe you could have played them close or eliminated them, knocked them totally and completely out of. Like maybe there could have been some fun moment. But the damage was already done. So many of them were just so ready for it to be over, over, and so you could move past it. But Kenny Payne didn't make make things any easier for them. Well, yeah, for I, I, four games on the entire season, but especially for what he said after yesterday's loss to Boston College. Can, can you enlighten me? Because folks are very mad, and I'm, I'm not sure the specifics of it, other than I heard that he said that he thinks they have one of the best coaching staffs in the country. Yeah, he was asked, are you going to make any changes? And he he acted like he was totally flabbergasted with the question. And Kenny Payne, he was like this at UK. And again, I, I really, really respect and like the guy. But you won four games. I don't know how in the world Louisville could hold on to him, although it does seem like they will be holding on him. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you a little bit more about that later on. But you won four games. A reporter asked if, if he was going to make any staff changes. And he just, again, like I said, was taken aback by the question. He's like, what? I've got one of the best staffs in the country. I'm not even sure why you'd ask that question, which was something he did say, which is like, you don't know why you somebody would ask if you may shake up your staff after the worst season in program history. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Why is that a confusing <laughs> question to you? Uh, and then he, he asked if he had had any conversations with Josh Hurd, and he was like, no, why would I? Why would I have any conversations with Josh Hurd? And then back on the journalism beat, because the guy can't quit it, and we're happy about it, but Tim Sullivan of Leo Weekly, he spoke with Josh Hurd, and Josh said, no, I'm, no, we're not making any changes. I'm, I, I, the, Kenny's vision is the best thing for this program, the best thing, the best option we've got. So he's going to be around, Roush, but he did not appreciate kind of having some big question, future questions asked after the loss yesterday. Oh man. So what's um if 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 they is it a success if next year he doubles his win total and gets to eight wins? Would that be that'd be good, right? If you have a coach at one program that doubles their wins between the two years, yeah, you can't you can't let that person go, even if it is four to eight. Yeah, I mean that's impressive. I mean, think about it. If a team won like ten games or twelve games one year and the next year they won twenty or twenty four. That's incredible improvement. <laughs> I I feel bad. I like I don't. There's some people I don't feel bad for, like deputy doofus and people like that. But there are some Uval fans I feel horrible for because we're gonna know in the summer, like did Kenny Payne do enough or not? And that's only gonna really be half the battle. But if they have a summer anything like last summer in terms of the players they brought in. The writing will be on the wall again, like it was this past year, where it'll be August, and you'll just be like, man, that's not a very talented team. Or, man, they've only literally got one point guard on their roster. What was Kenny Payne thinking? And then and then you'll have the season. But if they bring in good players, it could buy Kenny enough time where you could get to November or December and people aren't already at your throat. 
But if they don't bring in the right amount of talent or grad transfers or at least just some people with semi-impressive numbers, then it's going to be he'll probably get fired during the season. Would be my guess. Which that's going to be ugly in its own right. You uh, of all fans, you're probably going to have another year of a mostly empty Yum Center and disappointing basketball. But I hope Kenny can figure it out to some degree. I don't need him cutting down nets or winning national championships. But I'm not really worried about that, Roush. You're, you're not? You're not worried about Louisville coming back from the dead? The Undertaker? The, 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 he's going to bring him back to the Final Four. Oh, I can't even... Can't even try to say it with a straight face. I'm sorry. I, I, I tried to like play up something, but I just can't. You know can't who I? It. You know who I felt bad for? Who? Paul? Not Trevor. Paul Rogers and Jody Dimling on the call. I had to listen to the second half of that game. I was driving back home from work. My gosh, those two guys. I mean, it was like a the saddest thing I've ever heard. Just bad. Oh, it's bad basketball. We're we're terrible. Like it, the whole time I was listening, I was like, oh my gosh. I, I just couldn't do that as a broadcaster. I can't imagine having to be on the call for a four and what twenty six season. Jeez, I actually think it's worse if you're doing a post game show because it, it, at least in the action you're describing the action. I mean, what did yeah. you do in some of those post game shows this year? Like, Scoots, Jody Dimling, great, another great guy, but he's he's very much a U of L company man. So like. I mean, he's employed by the university, but so he, he, and he's always had like some in, good inside info, but it's usually coming straight from the staff. So it's always going to be optimistic borderline propaganda at times. Uh, Roush, he is getting, he's getting ratioed as the kids would say to Bolivia on his own message board. <laughs> he had a post that had over 60 down likes, which on 24 seven, you can do up likes or down likes. Oh, wow. And so, like, for, you know... So, basically, that's, like, all of his subscribers just disagreed with his post. The post was, for what it's worth, folks, he's getting a second year. Always was getting a second year, and nothing would have really changed that. Sorry, most of you don't like it, but it should not be a shock. (laughs) (laughs) It got 60 down votes. Maybe even more when this post was screenshotted. But, uh... Sometimes, and like there is a funny humor aspect to it. And Roush, once you all fans start talking football again, you will will get annoyed with them. But right, right, Kentucky. We've had our own struggles in March as of late, and it just is entirely too long for UK basketball. But U of L has never, never gone further in the NCAA tournament than Kentucky since Calipari's been around. Uh, with UK being in the same NCAA tournament, which buys you the caveat of 2013. If mm. that's not good enough for you, you could always do the vacated championship bit. So even if you wanted to do that angle, U of has only gone further in the NCAA tournament than your biggest rival one time in nearly the last 15 years. Like That's just wild. And take Kentucky out of the equation, Louisville hasn't won, been out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament since 2015, which... Again, Kentucky hasn't been to a Final Four since 2015, and that's entirely too long. But to not even make it out of the first weekend since that time, that that's too long for a place like Louisville with their tradition and, and their history. Uh, so that's that's wild. And they haven't won a tournament game just in its own right since 2017, and that was when Donovan Mitchell choked 
uh, in the second round, and they lost to Michigan as a two seed. Oh, yeah, so, people forget that. Yeah, people do, people do forget that. So it, it's a, it's rough sledding. Uh, I again, there's part of me that feels bad for some of the folks, but I, I just can't believe they're going to keep him around. Uh, but they're going to, unless something like drastically changed or there's a change of heart. But if he doesn't get players in the transfer portal, it's going to be a really, really ugly summer and an even uglier fall once basketball season rolls around. But their season comes to a close. Scoots, you didn't even need Eastern Michigan to make their conference tournament for you to win the bet comfortably. I I knew that was going to be the case. By the way, Trevor texted me last night after I had already got back to Indiana, and he was like, hey, you want to come collect your winnings? I was like, ah, maybe tomorrow. I'll, I'll 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 get it when I get it. You will. You will. Uh, Roush, what is what is you, you are you were attached to a U of L fan. What what are what are your and you've got a lot of U of L friends. What are they all feeling about the whole thing? Indifference. Indifference. That's not uh, good. That's not yeah. good. And that, that that's the part that's the I mean, I can't even try to like rile them up because there's a very much a just a blah or they just start making fun of themselves, right? Like you kind of have to be self-deprecating through it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been bad. Uh, like when I wanted to make fun of them for, uh, the dog pooping on the floor a few weeks ago, um, they were like, Oh look, you can see us in the background. Just laughing uh, where a guy had extra tickets. I think there was a couple UK fans that went with him just because nobody would go and you could easily see them because there was nobody in the arena. It's, it's very, very sad, very sad, because, you know, as, as much as, I, I, I'm not saying I want them to be uh, world beaters, but I like when there's a little juice in the rivalry, and there's there's absolutely no juice at all right now, because they do not have a leg to stand on. March around this part, and living in Louisville, and maybe in different parts of the, of, of the state, it doesn't matter, maybe it does matter, I don't know, I've only lived in one other part of the state, but... When you've got both teams rocking and rolling, there is just a different buzz in the city. And that's been a little missing over the last few years. And some in Kentucky takes a little responsibility in that. Like I've said, it's not like they've been really dominating in any stretch of the imagination over uh, over too long of a time period. And we hear a lot about it here on Kentucky Roll Call and especially on the Thornton Stex line. But, sheesh, I, I just don't know how you can have another empty yum center for 20 games again like like they did this past season i just the financial repercussions of that you think would just not be not be worth it but then again you know who are you gonna who are you gonna bring in who are you gonna go get I, I definitely think they could get people that are a little bit more proven and a better track record than kenny Payne. but is there any surefire slam dunks is there any rick patino's out there any coaches that have won a national championship that are looking to come to louisville oh. probably not and i think a lot uh. of them oh Rick Pitino, bring him back. He Rick Pitino won't even go coach in the Big Ten because they fired his son. That dude is uh, the grudge king. Well, but he says that, but like, does it? When push comes to shove, how much does said grudge actually matter? I th- I don't know. With Rick Pitino, you never you never really know. I think money probably talks more than anything else. So maybe if the offer was really lucrative, he'd consider it. But he, he just is somebody he's, – he's kind of like old school in that way, Roush, where he just needs to be told that he's right. And I think like – I think a Big Ten school would be like on behalf of Minnesota. Even though <laughs> we are Ohio State. 
we're sorry and you're the best Ricky P and he'd probably be like okay since you apologize on Minnesota's behalf I'm back in yeah. I'm back in but the dude can hold a grudge he's not going back to Louisville unless they got down on like hands and feet and begged him to come back and then even then you know he's always said that I'm not doing any ceremonies or anything at UofL until they bring Tom Jurch back so They'll have to do. Which I'm, I'm not, I'm not buying that either. Um, we'll have to do another Jared Trey D campaign. I, I, that's gonna I, be like, will the South rise again? In some sense, it's gonna be like Jared will be have been gone for like 25 years, and U of L fans will be like, you think we can? You think Jared would come back? You think we get Jared back one last run with Jared? Uh, well, we did see that uh, Chris Beard is uh, talking with Ole Miss, so I, I mean, he did this in a national championship caliber, but he's Coached in the national championship game, he's been two, uh, two is it two Final Fours at Texas Tech? So, uh, you know, uh, Louisville, there's there's your chance. I'm sure he would jump at that opportunity before Ole Miss because Ole Miss that job is uh, going nowhere fast. Chris Beard in Oxford, what could go wrong? Uh, no, that's exciting for Ole Miss if you can if you can potentially get them. Which that wouldn't that be something crazy that. It, it, it last summer, if you were like Chris Beard, next year coaching at Ole Miss, you're like, oh, what? Man. what the what the heck happened? Did old but uh, that'd be that'd be interesting for the SEC. It'd be a huge hire for Ole Miss. Man, I'm and sure it would probably be some backlash, but oh you know, like, yeah, really, they don't they don't. I mean, Ole Miss doesn't care about the backlash. I mean, they have Lane Kiffin as their football coach, so um, you know they're they're. It, obviously, we're not. It's apples and oranges, but just from a purely basketball standpoint, making Ole Miss good is very tough. You had short stretches of it. Yet, you, you know, you had the Marshall Henderson years, right? But that is uh, as close to a dead end job as it gets is in in SEC basketball. And if he could come in there and and win there, then he can win anywhere. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, let's read a few texts here on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. I think you all finished up the text line yesterday, uh, so we'll start at the beginning of today's show. Get them on in on the Thornton Sex Line. Texter says, embarrassingly bad on three rankings. Roush need to have a word with Jamie Shaw on what he's doing. Oh, man. Jamie Shaw gets uh, – every time there's an update, his timeline is just roasting him. It is uh, – it's something else. It's something else. Putting uh, – Putting LeBron's kid at, in in the top ten was was also something, but uh, you know, gets people talking. If that's the goal of it, then 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 mission accomplished. But I think the goal is to rank the players, and I don't I don't I don't think LeBron's kid's a top ten player. I know he is better than what we initially thought he might be. Like he actually might be um, like a legit. Oh, this guy actually is worth getting picked in the NBA draft eventually, like we've kind of prophesied for a long time. But um, top 10 in his class good? I don't know. And I don't even know what that kid's going to end up doing. That, that's that's an even that's a bizarre situation. Probably got that ranking because LeBron came out and said that he's better than a lot of the guys in the NBA. Yeah, maybe. LeBron said that, that his son is a lot better than a lot of guys in the he NBA. He did, yeah. He said he's league ready right now. Oh, that's that- just outlandish. Yeah, um, man, I good salesman, he, LeBron. I almost like I don't think he should be. I don't think Bronny James. He came in at number nine. I don't think he should be at number nine in any rankings. But I have to always thought that like he's a weirdly enough 
probably a better player than, and I've never seen him in person, so I'm just going off tape and games that are on TV that I've been able to watch. And you can always catch much more in person, so you got to take all this with a grain of salt. But I've almost thought he's been like punished more for being LeBron's kid because people are like, "You're LeBron's kid. You should be the best. You should be an amazing player." But like, I, I think he's a legitimate low in five star, which is a really, really, really good basketball player. If you're a five star in basketball, you're a really, really, really good basketball player. But he's he's not top ten good. Like, right, right. They had him at 28 previously. If he moved up to 16, then I don't think anybody would really bat an eye too much, you know? Here's yeah. the quote from LeBron. He said, man, Bronny definitely better than some of these cats I've been watching on League Pass today. Lightweight hilarious. <laughs> but, well, like, and then, like, you know, I, I say... You're not doing your kid any favors either by no, saying you're that. Not. You're not doing him any favors <laughs> at all. Jeez Louise. I uh, wonder where he will end up going. What is it? UCLA, USC, and Ohio State? Yeah, I, th- I think so. Top three. Uh, Aaron Bradshaw falls from number one to number seven. We don't like that, Roush. No, no. I, that's surprising. Uh, so DJ was at six. Who else was in that, the, the rankings? Yeah, Justin Edwards at number four. Okay. There's nice. Your, there's your top ten. And then uh, trying to get it to load so I can tell you where Dillingham and Reed Shepard were. But you may already know those things. I don't. I, I, I mean, does it matter? You just said you've got number, what was it, number four, six, and seven? Jeez, uh, four, four, six, and seven. Yeah, you're right. It, it was nicer when it was like one, four, five, and nine. But I think Dillingham has... Dillingham, is, 17, and then Shepard... Is forty ninth. Like, he was like twenty fifth. Uh, just my, my my biggest thing in in rankings, my biggest gripe in any of them, when they're as volatile as that, like Aaron Bradshaw went from the first player to the seventh, then you you haven't been doing a good job throughout the process. You know oh. what I mean? Like, but like that, that's I mean, they they shouldn't change that dramatically over what two or three months of a season, unless they just completely fell off the face of the earth. No, I, I do. I totally agree with you. I, like, I, I, that's what that's what I was, I was going to add that. And, I, and good for you for calling that out. But, like, you know, I, I would have a very minor input, but I'd have some input in the rivals' rankings here and there where, like, they just asked me what I thought about this player versus that player. Not like, TJ, give me your top ten, and that's what we're going to go with. <laughs> it was not anything extreme. It was very, very small potatoes. But I, I would always think that, that, like, what basketball are you all watching between this most recent updates to make like players do that much? Like what yeah. could they possibly done in their high school seasons? They were all dominant. Some maybe more than others, understandably so. But like what could they have possibly done over the course of two months besides dominate their high school season? But I do think that, you know, I understand a ranking. This is what's going to be funny, Roush, is you're going to get this ranking update. And then you're going to get through the all-star circuit where you get Jordan Brand and McDonald's, and it's going to be more upheaval. You'll get more drops. You'll get people Mm -hmm. dropping 10 spots, 15 spots. Uh, They'll go up 20 spots in some instances. You'll get some really, really kind of crazy just based off the all-star circuit. So if I was, And it's just the all-star circuit, which um, at that point, of course you want to play well, but – 
it's also an all-star game. I mean, we've seen all, we've seen what all-star games have turned into, right? So I, uh, I, I, the the ones where it's most justifiable are when guys just kind of explode onto the scene late, or you haven't seen them. They weren't on a certain shoe circuit, and those make sense. I mean, it's kind of the case for Tata Washington. I think most recently, where um, you know he he played for I, I forget which one it was, but um, it was after the COVID year. And they just didn't know who this guy was, and he was killing it uh, in the – I want to say he was an Adidas circuit guy. Um, those make sense. But, yeah, you're right. Over in high school season, I mean, is did Bradshaw drop because his team couldn't play in the New Jersey playoffs? I mean, like – Yeah. You know, it's just – it's silly. He's not as good as a player anymore because of that, right? <laughs> of course, everybody knows that. But it's a – it's a it's a business. These rankings mm-hmm. are businesses. They want people to be checking them out, talking about them, and we're doing just that. A texture says, "Scooch, you're the man." Plus KSR plus. <laughs> texture says, "Scooch, you're the man." Thanks for reading my text. Yeah, no problem. Only text I read yesterday, and it just happened to be yours. So you should feel lucky. You did it, Scooch. You did it. You made somebody's day. Woo-hoo. That's a lot of fun. All right, I want to talk a little UK basketball. I want a little bit of a UK football update. Now would be a good time for our daily double break. We'll come back for another hour of Kentucky Roll Call. We'll hear what you have to say on the Thornton's text line, and we'll give you more hot takes and analysis that you all just can't live without. Of course, I'm being facetious. We'll be back. It's hour Roll number two. Kentucky Roll Call. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 15.50 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your hump day, conference championship week, my favorite sporting week of the entire year. That's right. I like it more than even next week. Uh, There's a finality to next week that I just don't love, and then you get less and less basketball where – this week, you just get a ton of it. And yeah, it kind of windles down as the week goes on. But even on Saturday, Friday, it's just uh, it's an all-day basketball fest, which is always a great time. And it leads up to the most important day for the sport, Selection Sunday. Uh, just around the corner, we'll figure out which seed the Cats will be and their road to the Final Four just uh, several days away. Updated net rankings, UK and Iowa State kind of playing peekaboo with one another as they've jumped, even though neither one has played games the last few days. Kentucky has jumped ahead, back ahead of Iowa State, back up to number 19 in the net rankings, one spot behind Arkansas, which I probably need to eat a little bit of crow. I didn't think there was any chance in France that Kentucky would win that game. I didn't think Kentucky would win that game even if they were healthy. Uh, and I was so happy to be dead wrong. Probably my most expensive UK win I've paid for in bets, uh, if I'm being honest. Oh, wow. The, but I'm thrilled about it. Emotionally hedge me to Bolivia for all I care. That was – I'm thrilled. That was that was <laughs> one of my – probably a sad thing. One of my favorite parts of the trip was watching that game on Saturday with my, my brother, brother-in-law, my dad even. Now, I did – they – 
they also were betting Arkansas. I don't think they enjoy losing as much money for a UK win as I do, but like I will gladly lose money if it means the Cats are winning. So, man, I, I love that we both have had those kind of bads this year because I took a significant bath in that first Tennessee game, the one on the road, where one of my larger losses ever, and it was because Kentucky beat the crap out of Tennessee. So, just like I can't even be mad about it. Yeah, I, I like that. That was really surprising, really encouraging. It makes it makes Wednesday's loss to Vanderbilt maybe a little bit more confusing or frustrating. But it was the perfect way to make up for it. You go one and one last week. Uh, that's what I thought you were going to do. And like I said, you probably you probably got the win you sh- you'd want to win from a helping the resume standpoint. Uh, not necessarily a great loss, but you'd rather have the quad one win, and that's what Kentucky. Did on Saturday, really fought hard, came together. Weird to be able to do it without a a true point guard in the rotation, but everybody stepped up in a big way. Antonio Reeves was fun to watch. Oscar did Oscar things kind of quietly. And Jacob Toppin, you don't win the game without the game that he had. He was huge. But that was so much fun, huge win. And this is one of the weirdest, most unpredictable UK teams in recent memory, Roush. they, I still think they could lose in their first SEC tournament game. I, I wouldn't be totally shocked if they went 0-2 and the season was just over. They lose to <laughs> Vanderbilt on Friday, and they lose in the first round of the NCAA mm. tournament. I wouldn't be surprised, Roush. I seriously wouldn't – well, I shouldn't say surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if they won seven more games, eight more games potentially. Like it, Nothing really is on the table or off the table with this team they're 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 tough to figure out but when they're clicking and they're playing well and they're fighting offensively it is so fun to watch and defensively it ain't it ain't too shabby they they can lock in for a few possessions here and there Uh, they're not the best defensive team in the country but their offense when Reeves is cooking like that holy smokes that's fun and then you just need really one other person two other people to step up and it turns into this offensive explosion they had that in Fayetteville on Saturday, and you should be feeling a little bit better about where they go from here, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's just the the injury uncertainty puts everybody kind of on edge, I think, <laughs> because you just don't – it's it's just so hard to, to know what's going to happen when last year, when everybody kind of came back from the injuries, it, it didn't – nothing really jive. So I – I'm, I'm a little worried, and I'm also worried that they're so inconsistent. I mean, I know it's been more consistent as of late. I want to, what is it, six out of the last seven they've won. Um, but that you, you don't know when they're going to come out and have a Vanderbilt like performance, right? Like, it's just, it's that that's the, the part in all of this that has me on edge. But at least I'm going to be entering this weekend seemingly stress free because. Pretty much nothing would surprise me and nothing would disappoint me. Uh, it really can at this point, so long as Casey Wallace is healthy uh, for when Kentucky opens NCAA tournament play next weekend. Yeah, and you you will need a guard. You want Casey back as soon as possible. I'd still love Severe Wheeler back. I, I don't feel any more confident about that happening. But, yeah, you want to get as healthy as possible. I'm anxious to see if Kaysen's going to go Friday. It seems like Cal's going to have to make that decision about do we fight for this thing in Nashville or do we just say 
we got bigger fish to fry. Let's just Which, be as healthy as possible. If you if you've heard John Calipari's comments about the SEC tournament over the years, you would think the latter is very likely an option. Yeah, and I, you know this was a take I had stewing while I wasn't doing radio for a few days. Was like he has always talked about how much he dislikes conference tournaments, but he's I don't think it's true. Like I think I think either he's had a change of heart. Uh, this may be shocking that Calipari may say something that isn't 110% totally <laughs> believable. But, like, there's been a ton of people that have been slightly banged up, quote-unquote, or injured, that have given it a go in conference tournament play. And I, I don't know if I can think of one example where somebody's been a little shaky that Cal has said, eh, it doesn't matter, let's not play. Uh, who was, was it Deron Lamb or Darius Miller? I don't know why I can't think of who. I think it was Darius Oh my gosh, who was Darius Miller was playing poorly and he put him in the starting lineup for the Vandy game. No, and it not, was. That. not that. Oh. Yeah, I don't kid. No, no, no. I, the year before against Florida in the SEC championship game in 2011 in Atlanta, who one, one of either either one of Darius Miller or Deron Lamb had a really bad ankle. And it was like, well, there's mm. no way they're going to be able to play. And they did. And they went out and they played. Uh, and whoever which one it was, they play pretty well. And I've gone back and forth a thousand times over which one I think it is. But well, I've done too many drugs since then, so I don't even remember that SEC tournament. Uh, it was a hell of a run. The Caps won the SEC championship. You really but, are like, turning into player, Trevor, Nick. Darius Miller was the MVP. So it may have been him. I don't. I don't even remember anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't even care. The point still stands. And then Don Lamb sounds more familiar with the banged up ankle. You had, I faintly remember that. You had Terrence Clark, like, weirdly come back to give it a go, which yeah, that whole situation, I, th- I think Cal wasn't overly thrilled with how long it kind of took him to get back. Uh, but he, he came back for conference tournament. P.J. Washington's been banged up before in conference tournament. Jared Vanderbilt, didn't he end up playing a little bit in the conference tournament, or I could be mistaken about that. Uh, like, he says he doesn't care about it, but I don't know if there's a ton of evidence that he's ever just sat or rested people for the bigger picture aspect. So it almost makes me think if Cason like if Cason Wallace doesn't play, there's gonna be a part of me that's gonna be very nervous for the NCAA tournament. So I almost want him to go just to show that he can. And that's probably gonna be my guess of what happens just trying to read the tea leaves. But Cal ain't giving anything away. We're probably not gonna know until Friday. And even then we'll 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 see. Uh but credit C.J. Frederick. You could tell during that Arkansas game he was hurting in a big way. He took a lot of contact early on in that game, and he shot those free throws, and he's kind of holding his side a little bit. So you know he's battling through a lot of pain. Good for him for going out there and playing. Roush, on Saturday at the first TV timeout, U.K. led, and they never gave up the lead again. They Arkansas's last lead in the ball game was 6-4. to four in their home gym on senior night, and Kentucky went wire to wire. They kind of flipped the script from what Vanderbilt had done to Kentucky a little bit. Um, but more impressive, Kentucky dominated that game. That was a really impressive win. I, not for this team, for one-seed UK team, for any team, in that environment against a really talented athletic team that had your number in your home gym, they came back with a vengeance. I, that was really impressive. And like you said, I'm, I'm just so eager for more. I'm so eager for this week. I'm so excited for next week. Uh, yeah, I've got the questions about the health, but what else is new with UK basketball in March? Right, right. Uh, shout out to Mangus for cursing us uh, to Bolivia. So I appreciate that. Um, but it is, 
There, there is an. I, I haven't cranked up my excitement level yet, though. Like, it, because the early part of the week, there's it's just been a lot of the smaller conference tournaments. We got the first major one getting cranked up yesterday with the ACC. Today, though, we'll we'll start to catch the fever with the Wednesday night SEC games. Uh, the Big Twelve is starting, and and tomorrow is where it feels like we have just a full blitzkrieg of just. Games left, right, sideways, up and down. Uh, it's just nonstop. So that that's when I'll I'll really um, crank it up a notch. It, it felt like yesterday was just a little bit of the calm before the storm. Yeah, I uh, there's a scenario where things go a little differently on Saturday. The Cats are playing tomorrow afternoon. It, it was a big time. It was a big time win for UK. I'm glad they're not playing tomorrow. Maybe better for radio to have a little bit more content, but I'm I'm glad it's going to be a late night Friday night. Roush, will you do anything for that? Will you will you watch at home quietly or will you do a little Friday go to a fish fry and then pre-game the cats? I'll probably uh watch the game with uh the neighborhood friends, right? Nice. Like, you know, nearby um have a have a big diaper party on Saturday, which I'm very much looking forward to, where we're playing poker and just having conference tournaments all day. So, like, you don't want to can't can't go too hard for the the Friday nighter. So, but St. Patrick's Day parade on Saturday. Yeah, that's that's in lieu of me going to the St. Patrick's Day parade. Uh, so, yeah, I'm you know me, I, I've 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 missed the boat so many times that now I think I'm going to make it like my TJ fast food burger thing and just never go. No, you need to go. You should take the kiddo. Who What kid doesn't like a parade? Uh, that, that is true. Parades are a uh, great kid activity if the weather is good. I'm not sure. I haven't looked ahead. Um, but when we did the Pegasus Parade last year, Duke was a big fan. Uh, it just feels like St. Patrick's Day Parade does always get the worst weather that's ever weathered. Yeah, it's not it's not a slam dunk for great weather. It looks like this weekend it's going to be what it always kind of is. Uh, slightly chilly, probably chance of rain. Uh, but there's been some nice weather days. And when the weather's good, that place, it's it's real popping. A lot of fun. Uh, back in the day, you'd see the old Big X short bus that would drive down the parade route. And you'd see, like, Dugan and his kids throwing out beads. It was uh, – we never, we never got the invite, unfortunately. Yeah, um, I'm not sure why. Maybe there's just like a capacity thing with that old short bus. Which, by the way, where is that thing? Did it just erode away and evaporate? I think that's probably accurate, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Where is that thing? I didn't think that thing could drive in a million years. <laughs> Those tires were just dry rod. I mean... <laughs> The station had a bus for advertising purposes, and they do. I think. I think the plan was maybe do some shows out of the bus. I think I did one, or at least where we used the bus's power or something like that. Uh, it, yeah, it's it's been it's not in the best of shape, and now it's just gone. Uh, that's a good point. I kind of forgot that it was gone. Uh, now that we're all talking about this, maybe we've done this before. Yeah. We talked about where the bus went, and we also just like random cars just keep getting added to the parking lot of the Big X that. Uh, I don't don't really know what's going on there. Are are the squatters still there, Scoots? Uh, in the back, yes. The the no the car that was parked like right. Oh at yeah, the entrance, yeah, so. hasn't hasn't moved in about a week. It's the the one where the people may or may not be living inside of it. Yeah, but I think he also doubles down and lives back in the woods as well with his friends. He's got some friends back there. Oh heavens! They all throw big mm-hmm. parties. 
What is it called now, other guys? <laughs> called a soup kitchen. <laughs> Dirty Frank and the boys. <laughs> Scooch, what I miss with the weather this weekend? Um, was it nice? A lot of wind. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was wacky. So we basically, long story short, TJ, we got four inches of rain, and then followed by. 60 to 80 mile an hour wind. So trees were down everywhere. It was insane. They had to move a bunch of the basketball games over in Kentucky. Indiana canceled sectional play on Friday night. It was wild. Yeah, I was seeing a lot of tweets about it. I know some schools were out even going into this week. And yeah, all that rain, I'm sure, made the soil real nice and wet and soft. So when that wind came in, probably made it a little easier for those trees to wiggle a bit. Jeez, well, well and I'm. Up. I'm convinced I got a tornado in my house, a small little tornado. I was on Facebook, and I saw a, a report from one of the local weathermen I follow, and he was saying tornado in New Albany should be in Sellersburg anytime. And literally, as soon as I got done reading that, the winds picked up. It was wacky outside. I heard a loud pop. A couple of my screens on my screened-in porch in the back popped out. That's how windy it was. Nuts. Yeah, when I got home late last night, trash cans were all over the place. Oh, I guarantee it. My my deck was a mess. Uh, the no, geese no. were probably still there, though, right? Like, it, hell or high water. The geese poop is still there. Geese poop didn't yeah. go anywhere, un- unfortunately. Well, uh, I, I know my friends were without power a couple for several days. I know there's probably other people, and there may even be some people still without power. But, jeez, uh, glad, glad most folks... Um, had enough heads up and could be prepared for it, but that was that seemed wild just looking from afar. Uh, it was very cold in Colorado, but one day was really windy. Um, cold but, in Colorado, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, eleven thousand feet up, it's going to be a little windy. It's going to be a little cold, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Do uh, Roush, what's up with football? What have I missed so far? Give me the give, give me the summary of spring practice up to this point. Well, it was fun yesterday having the offensive guys talk, and you had Dane and Barry on just talking about how much they they like catching footballs with Devin. You know, Devin's my guy, and like it's just it's just music to your ears. Uh, it was funny hearing Dane say the difference between catching balls between Devin and uh, Levis because it's like you know. Stevan puts a lot more touch on the ball. <laughs> Makes it sound like it's a lot easier to catch than some of those piss missiles that Levis would throw in there. Um, Good. It's like yeah, yeah. We went to the Denver Aquarium yesterday, and one of the exhibits like had a sign that like they were introducing some like potential mates to one another. And that kind of seems like what's go- <laughs> kind of seems like what's going on with UK football. It's yeah. like you know, there's probably a little cautionary period where you just hope that they get along and that they don't kill one another. But like so far in the process, it seems like uh, Leary's hitting it off with, with yes. his with the people he needs to hit it off with the most. So it's early in the process, but it seems like everybody's a little smitten. Yeah, we had a fun quote from Cohen too, where he says. We're not going to be the same offense that we were in 2021. We can't be. We, we want to be better than that. And a lot of um, that was piggybacking off of what he learned in L.A., which is stuff hits the fan and you have to be able to adjust on the fly. Um, your offense has to match its personnel, and that's why we're going to be different this year because this, the personnel dictates it. 
Um, and part of what they're doing is first things first, you know, uh, as, as Colin said, number one priority is fixing the big blue wall. And communication is the biggest key to fixing that. And I actually think it sounds like they like four spots. They feel good about four spots. Right tackle is what right tackle is um, right now. They're still trying to figure that out. But the communication has improved. It's 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 much more streamlined. And the first thing they did is they're basically just like, here's what we sucked at last year. You're going to be blocking twists and stunts until your eyeballs roll out because we are not going to be getting roasted like we did every single week in the 2022 season. So um, the, they aren't messing around on the offensive line. They aren't wasting any time. They're getting right to it. And even though they aren't in full pads this week, it at least is a, a, a positive sign um, moving forward. Well, at least an encouraging way to go about it, right? Like, it makes sense. We yeah. sucked at this. We're going to do this first. Yeah, no, that point of, point of emphasis, it, it does check out. My question and it won't be the last time i ask you this are you confident that it's gonna be better that this that this matters that like yeah i'm glad they're doing this because they hate they need to and not only do they need to it's gonna be fixed the biggest uh it's it's hard to overstate how how much of a problem the sort of communication issues were last year where i think a lot of times when guys would line up they didn't know what they were doing and and, 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 and that's just up front. Like, they didn't know who they were supposed to block. I think that happened more often than it ever should. I don't think that's going to be the case ever this year. If it's going to be an execution problem, it's going to be because they got beat, not because the, there was miscommunication up front. So I, I, do, I am confident that Cohen will fix that right away. Um, but there, there still are going to be concerns about right tackle and so much so that I, I would not be shocked if they went out and tried to find one in the portal this May. Okay. Oh, that's something to keep an eye on there. Yeah, but it, it, right tackle, backup quarterback, maybe even kicker too. I didn't like Stoops' comments about kicker. They may, they do not sound like they're very good. So, uh, Well, for just, the listeners that may have, have missed his comments, definitely not me. What were they? Oh, um, when he asked about kickers, Stoops was like, we're working on it. And then he kept talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. It's like, oh, gosh, these guys must really be bad. Uh, no. <laughs> but as Stoops said, uh, we're lighting a fire under their rear ends. They're, 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 they're kicking with a sense of urgency. Basically, Bowler's putting them in game-like situations, and they're doing more than what they would typically do during a practice, a spring practice. So, yeah, no, it didn't make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. All right, well, they got time to figure that out. But, yeah, yeah maybe, just, maybe just go get one. Maybe go yeah. get one. Yeah. You know, find a walk-on. Anybody. Some, some, there's somebody on that campus that can kick a football through the uprights. Also, I feel like if I was a kicker in college, especially an SEC D1 kicker, like I wouldn't need a coach to tell me to light a fire under my butt. Like your, your job is to kick. I'd be kicking every day. All I, all I do is just kick. Like That's it. Kick. Go <sighs> kick. Be a good kicker. Yeah. Eight kicks. Kick. Uh, all right. Uh, wild Scooch, wild day in the NFL yesterday. What are your what are your thoughts? Um I, I haven't really formulated any thoughts. I think the whole Baltimore thing's a little ridiculous. I, I just hate the franchise tag. That's what it boils down to for me. I, I think that's such a coward way to go about things. What? I do. I I don't know why I feel that. I just do. Like if if you can't come to an agreement. I don't feel like teams should be able to do that. Like, 
I don't know. Well, what are you going to do? Like, you, you got somebody under contract. They're not agreeing to the contract. They're going to hold out. You got to figure the, something out. The part that I don't understand is this non-exclusive thing. So, basically, any team can match it if they just give Baltimore two first-round picks. Is that what I'm understanding? Correct, yeah. I thought it was Baltimore could... So, any team can make an offer to Lamar. Baltimore, I thought Baltimore could match any of those offers or say, no, we're not matching that offer. You're free to go, Lamar, but we'll get two first-round picks since we're okay. saying no to that. That's what I thought, but you could be right. That, 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 makes, that makes sense, but I also feel like getting Lamar for two first-round picks is kind of on the cheap. Um, if, oh, for if, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, everybody like having the overreactions about like, why are we hearing that so many teams are out on Lamar? We don't get that with other quarterbacks. Yeah, you do it, it, because he's been hurt and he's a running quarterback. And this is like I, I totally get it from the Ravens. They should move on because there's no reason to pay a bunch of guaranteed money to a guy who's not going to be. He's not going to be as good on this next contract as he was on his rookie contract. Like that. There's no doubt in my mind. He's not going to win another NFL MVP. Like we, we, it, it's. I get it from both sides. Time for the Ravens to move on, and also Lamar. You should try to get as much money as possible because this is your only time to cash in. Like I, I just don't see it in his future. Like unless he somehow gets in a situation where he's surrounded by a bunch of awesome wide receivers and he can slightly alter his game. That's not what makes him great. Like it's just, it's not in the cards for him. So both sides. It, it's it's time to time to move on. Um, one of my friends has a theory that they're going to trade him to the Falcons and uh, getting Will Levis in Baltimore. That that's what he's hoping for. He's a, he's a, he's a rare Ravens UK fan and not just a Louisville butt slapper. That'd be so. that would be so so funny if Will Levis is like projected to be the starter in Baltimore with how this town just adopted the Ravens as their team <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and they would just all flock away then, much as fast as they all arrived as Baltimore bandwagon fans, they'd all be out the door before you could even play. Well, ESPN Louisville. Why aren't you playing the Ravens games anymore? I mean, Will Levis is their quarterback. There's a lot of Kentucky fans in town. Oh, that would be wonderful. Gosh, that's now what I'm rooting for. happening. <laughs> I agree that Lamar needs to get as much money as he can. And also, yeah, it does sound like some of his demands and wanting the Deshaun Watson game. Like, Deshaun Watson just completely messed up the market for so many QBs in the NFL. But, uh, you know, I don't, blame, I don't blame him for wanting to get his money. I also don't blame the Ravens and this whole ordeal. Uh, I, I just... Also, if you're Lamar, I'd be I'd be a little bit more anxious to go just because what pieces have they set up for you in Baltimore? Like you, right, you, right. Okay, like there's they're solid, and I do think Harbaugh does a really good job with Lamar and has set up a pretty nice scheme for him. But another coach can do that. There's other smart NFL minds. And secondly, like get yourself a little help potentially. Now those two things might not be mutually exclusive in the sense that go get as much money as you possibly can, but also go play on a team that has a bunch of talent around you. Um, but people find ways to make that stuff work. And so uh, I don't blame any of the parties in it, but it's pretty fascinating that you can yeah, have a QB yeah. on the, on the run where he's basically just a restricted free agent. Hey, any, t- any team in the NFL, make this dude an offer and we'll find out who's right between Lamar and the Ravens. Find out his worth. 
Either a team will just pay him ridiculous amount of money and Lamar will say, see, I told you so, or the offers won't be there and the Ravens will say, see, we kind of told you so. So we'll see. It's going to be fascinating. Uh, and then Brett, or Brett Favre, how could I forget? Aaron Rodgers. He may be a New York Jet. Yeah. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Will you that's be a Jet? It. That's that's interesting, too, following the old Brett Favre path. But we need to take our last break. Roush, I think, is heading out for the day. He'll be back tomorrow. And, uh, Roush, any last words, buddy? Uh, go Cats. Um, uh, let's, love it. Let's, let's, let's win some money tonight, too, betting these conference tournament games. Do you have any locks for me? Not yet. Haven't been able to look at the board. But you bet I've your been, sweet buns I'm going to be playing it today. You can I've send them over later. I've been ice cold, Scoots. Ice cold. So it just means you're due. That's true. Just I means like you're due. All right, we'll be back one final segment without Roush. Have a good day, Nick. And the Kentucky roll call rolls along after this. Look at it. Really, it's beautiful, Clark. Something else, huh, Russ? Yeah, Dad. Isn't it beautiful, Audrey? She'll see it later, honey. Her eyes are frozen. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Ed Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen to wrap things up for you on your Wednesday, and I appreciate Roush and Justin taking care of business while I was on the weekend getaway. They did a great job, but I'm very happy to be back. Best time of the year. Best time of the year to be doing radio. And Scoots, uh, you feeling good about the Hoosiers? I think they got as good as a Big Ten draw as they possibly could. If there's ever a year they're going to do it, I think it's this year. I told my roommate... A couple nights ago, I said, I just have a feeling in my bones that this is the year. Indiana wins the Big Ten tournament this year. I picked them in the Jerome, and I I picked them, really, I was going to pick them even before seeing their draw. But after seeing their draw, it was a a no-brainer for me. Uh, Yeah, it's a nice setup for them. They still need to go take care of business. It's obviously... uh, Which which team in college basketball this year hasn't been a little inconsistent? But IU right up there. Sometimes you get this really dominant performance and they look like they can go do beat anybody, play with anybody, and then other times not not so much. So it, it really uh, is well, scary to me how similar them and Kentucky are. Like I, I think I said it last week when you were out. I whatever happens in the NCAA tournament, I just want a Kentucky Indiana game. That's it. That's all I want. And I don't even care if Indiana loses in that game. I think those two teams playing would be just so much fun. If I'm not mistaken, you've been consistent on that take. Because I remember a big KRC debate one time was, would you rather Indiana-Kentucky play, but it means an IU second-round loss, or IU goes to the Final Four or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you were like, oh, Indiana-Kentucky playing. I'd rather have that. I don't care if it means losing early. I just want the fun of it. And especially this year, because I just think all the matchups would be so fun. I mean, if if you think about them all, like if if you got a healthy Kaysen, him and Jalen Hood Shafino going back and forth would be a blast. Oscar and TJD would be a lot of fun. You got Toppin and Race Thompson. I mean, it would just, the possibilities are endless for how fun that game could be. 
admittedly, I, I would feel better about a UK IU matchup this year than I would in 16. I did not like that matchup for UK back then. I still thought UK would win, but I did not like the matchup. Uh, I do like the matchup for UK if they were to to play this year. Mm. Um, if Casey Wallace was healthy, if if Casey Wallace wasn't healthy, no. But I don't really love a ton of UK matchups without Casey Wallace. That being said, look what they did on the road at Arkansas. But it's a nice Big Ten draw for 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 Indiana. My thoughts on UK's SEC draw once the dust settled, since I haven't had been on radio since the the bracket's been set. Eh, it could be could be a little bit better, mm-hmm. could be a little bit worse. The number Alabama easily got the easiest draw, but that's what you should have have happen when you're the number one seed. Uh, they got fortunate as well that Arkansas wasn't their eight nine, so they'll they'll probably play Mississippi State and, on Friday, and they'll have no issues with that game. But besides that, I do think Kentucky probably got the second best draw you could get. Um, you're going to get a Vandy team though, most likely. I don't think Vandy loses to Georgia, right? And we'll find that we'll find out if they who is it Georgia Ole Miss Georgia LSU Georgia LSU okay yeah. Georgia LSU I think Georgia will probably win that one you'll probably get Vandy beating Georgia although it won't be the craziest thing in the world if Georgia did win but you're likely to play a Vandy team on Friday that just beat you on your home gym on senior night so if that can't motivate you to go out there and play hard and stick it to them then nothing will. Uh, but on the flip side, that game was probably going to be a get-in-the-tournament game for Vandy. They're going to be as desperate as desperate gets, and they're going to be playing with confidence, too, because they know that they can beat you. They literally just did. So um, it's not my favorite matchup Kentucky could have gotten, but again, it's Vanderbilt. Hey, you could have. It's a team UK needs to be able to beat. You could have gotten Texas A&M's draw. They got to play the winner of Arkansas and Auburn as the number two seed, and that's not easy. And then if no, they that, then if they're able to win that, they got to play Kentucky. Yeah, they they easily got the worst of it. Uh, again, I think it was pretty balanced for the most part. Like this is what most likely your Friday semifinal or your final Friday quarterfinals, excuse me, should look like. It should be Mississippi State, Alabama, Missouri, Tennessee, Arkansas, most likely in my opinion, although I'm higher on them than most people are. Obviously, Arkansas versus Texas A&M and Vandy, Kentucky, which like those are that those are all four pretty balanced matchups for the yeah. most part. And if I if I'm Kentucky and you could take the higher seed in any of those, the only team I'd switch with would be Alabama to get Mississippi State. And besides, maybe Missouri. But then again, Missouri's the four seed, so which is crazy. Maybe playing Tennessee, so you wouldn't really you can't really just easily say like switch spots with them because um, I'd rather play Vandy than I would Tennessee again even though Kentucky went 2-0 and against Tennessee and 1-1 and against Vandy. But it is what it is as a draw. Uh, do you care at all about UK playing late at night on Friday? Does that bother you, the 9.30 start? Not a, since it's on a Friday, no, absolutely not. Because Indiana's in the same boat. They play the late game on Friday as well, and I'm actually super excited about it. See, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. With it being a Friday, really, even if it was Thursday, although I wouldn't love UK playing on a Thursday in the SEC tournament, Cal's only done it once and should never be the norm for Kentucky basketball, should be a complete and total outlier. And it has been, and that's the good thing about it. But conference championship, like maybe again, it's just because I like conference championship week, but I'll be staying up late every night this yeah. week. I've already been staying up late watching games. Um, so it doesn't bother me at all, but especially the Friday aspect of it, like that – you. 
it's Friday night, baby. The, like, you know, we don't at, at my old age, I don't really do much on Friday nights anymore. But this Friday night, I've got plans. The well, only I don't actually have plans, but my plans are to watch basketball. So that is a plan, and that's exciting. Scoots at our old age. The only problem I have with a late game Friday night is a it cuts into my live PD time, which eh, who cares? Live PD will still be on when college basketball's oh, over. Good, we we only have so many weeks point. left. But how are you gonna do? How are you gonna practice the the sobriety test when you're watching hoops? I guess I'll, I'm I'm skipping practice this week. It sounds like so I'll be watching hoops. But the one bad thing is, and I'll have to look at it on Kentucky's side. If the, oh Kentucky's in the same boat, so you win that game Friday night, and you play a game at like three o'clock the next day. So that's my only issue with the whole thing is tired legs could come back to bite you. I mean you're playing a game, what sixteen hours, seventeen hours later. Not ideal. Yeah. No, it's not. And, like, the worst of it is if you're in that 930 spot and you eventually – you make it to Sunday. Because think about that. That's that's three games in the span of – well, let me do the, the – let me do the quick math here. I mean, under 48 20, hours. 20, 24 hours. Yeah, I mean, it's like 42 hours or something yeah. along those lines. It, it's – that's that's ridiculous. But if you're there, what do you? It's Sunday, and you're in the SEC championship game. You're gonna you're gonna dig a little deeper, and you'll be okay. And also, the other team will be playing three games, and you know, anywhere from, a, with like maybe an extra twenty hours or something, or however long it may be. So it all works out. Every team's gonna be tired, is my point. But yeah, it's a tough spot to come out of. the The issue is the SEC has their semifinals on Saturday, and other conferences have their championship games the acc mm-hmm. i think the big 12 there's several of them uh they're gonna put those in the evening spots because they're championships versus right. semifinals makes sense uh, I, I hate I, I wish the sec would stop having their championship games on sunday um i just move it like if you, you we have heard too many times the selection committee say that the sunday games don't mean as much and that, that you should hear, you should only need to hear that one time to be like, okay, then we're going to move it. If you care about your conference and you care about your team's chances in the big tournament, you want that conference championship game meaning something. And once the selection committee, and they have sometimes said that it matters and they have alternate brackets, and but most of the time they say like, yeah, we, we, we took, we, we considered it, but we didn't have enough time to blah, 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 blah. You just need to hear that one time to never have your conference championship game on Sunday ever again. But the SEC and money, they're they're in cahoots together. See, so. I, I disagree with you here because I, there's just something special about seeing a few championship games in conference. I mean, you mentioned SEC, Big Ten. There are two of them that have their games on Sunday. So those wrap up, and then you go right into the selection show. So it's it's like a full day of basketball. I love I love the Sunday championship games. Let me be clear. I do. We don't disagree. I agree with you. I like that as well. I, I guess my easiest solution, and, and you made me think of this point, so assist to you or maybe assist to me, credit to you, just, hey, selection committee, count the games on Sunday, you dweebs. Yeah. Count them. Just count them. Oh, we don't have enough time. Then let the bracket be out of an hour later. Put it at 7 o'clock, the selection show start time right. at 6 o'clock, if you need an extra hour. How about that? You know what? Good point, Scoots. I, I was wrong to say the SEC should move it. They should keep it, and the selection committee should stop being such dweebs. I mean, Count what the games on Sundays. They should need to be counted as much as a game on November 8th or whenever the college basketball season started. They're playing a game, darn it. If anything, it should be counted more. 
what what's going to happen if they move it to 7? People are going to not watch it anymore? Please, give me a break. It's Selection Sunday. People will watch it if you put it at 10 o'clock at night. I agree. I agree. And, you, again, you could have the Selection Committee one year be like, oh, no, we definitely count the games on Sunday. That's just a misconception like because they can just say whatever they want, and then yeah. people forget, and then they come back and they just make up their new rules or their new criteria or what's most important to them. But I ain't going to complain about the selection committee. UK got a good draw last year and just completely ruined it. So that you, what what can you do? You got a good draw, yep. um, you, you, and you wasted it. So whatever they get this year, I, I'm not. I really probably won't complain about it. Unless, like, unless, <laughs> <laughs> unless, of course, they get. Like, unless, you know, I think they're going to be a six seed, which I've been saying for weeks now, um, unless like they end up a nine seed or something like that, then I'll be like, if they get under seeded, I won't care about the draw so much as the seeding number this year. In most years, I usually care about the draw. I don't care about the number and I do care about the draw this year, but that's probably the only way I'm going to quote unquote, get worked up about it is if I feel like they're wildly underseeded. I- I don't think if you're a six seed, Scooch, you can really complain about your draw. You're a six seed. If it's tough, then, oh, you should have been better, right? I'm I'm just confused on how net rankings play into the whole thing. And I thought I had a good understanding of it, but the more this season goes on, the more I don't. You've got Kentucky on the six line, which has been pretty consistent the last few weeks. Then you've got Indiana on the four line, which has also been pretty consistent the last few weeks. But you've got Indiana as the number 29 team in net. Kentucky's up to what you said earlier, 19 or 18. Just doesn't make sense any to me. Why are they separated by two seeds the other direction when Kentucky's the higher-rated net team? I, I just don't understand. Good question. And it's always great to ask questions when you don't know things, and I don't know a lot. and But I do have a grasp on this one. And the net is just a – tool it's it's just part of the overall process um it it, they don't put more stock into the net as they do other things it's just it's again it's part of the whole the whole the whole shebang uh it's an ingredient to a very complicated recipe that being said it does matter um and and yeah it's kind of weird but they're not they're not Basing the tournament strictly on net, right. although I do think some I do think someday you know similar to the robotic strike ball count in baseball, not to go all John Spears. I do think <laughs> one year we'll have like they will come up with this formula that is the selection ranking formula. Hmm. Well, and they need that. Be like, I, and it'll be like, hey, what you're ranked in this is what you're going to be seated like. It could take away a little bit of the drama of a selection Sunday, like bracket reveal show, but I still think you'll get you'll get some sort of formula. Well, because teams are going to say the human error in the selection process is just too it's too obnoxious, and if you can get something that they think is fair, and I think they thought maybe the net would be close to it, and I think the net and everybody kind of is okay with the net. I don't think they have major issues with the net. But I think people realize it could be a little bit more accurate and a little bit better because, like, look, Tennessee, they've been – I just closed it out too. But I think Tennessee is, like, fifth in the net, fourth in the net, right. third in the net. They've been top five almost the entire season. Tennessee is a good basketball team. They ain't top five good, um, especially not with some of their struggles they've had as of late. But um, 
it doesn't. It's not the end all be all. To answer your question. Now, quad system wins. Those go under the net, correct? It's under the those, net umbrella. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, and that's another thing people are going to get annoyed with. This is, and I've already mentioned it today. But the selection committee just one year will say, "Yeah, we were really impressed with their road wins, and we thought that that was impressive." And then the next year they'll say that this team they. They've struggled on the road, but road games are, are hard. It doesn't, you know, we're not going to punish a team because we don't, road is the road. They, they can just change their criteria in a single season, and right. that can get annoying for yeah. folks. I'm with you. All right, let's read some text. 502-414-1450 on the Thornton's text line, but I want to remind you, it's Wednesday. It's conference championship week, and it's always great to have a lot of salsaritas around the house. Be munching on chips, watching basketball. Then you have uh, – maybe a quesadilla then you watch more basketball you get some more chips then you're eating chips you're watching basketball it's salsaritas it is time to be munching and it's time to have sports on the tube while you're munching your salsaritas two locations in louisville st matthews and middletown middletown has a drive-through check them out today all right a and and i that, that you know going back to my tournament draw rant like again, I will care about the draw. I just think when you're in the sixth spot, you can't really whine that much about like, oh, we got the toughest three. Again, you should have we you should be in a better a better spot than that. So I won't care so much about that. A texture says, What's up, KRC? Just working out a local gym here in Lex Vegas and just wanted to confirm that Josiah Hayes' neck is still big and might even be growing. So an inside scoop there, Scooch. Whoa, I didn't know it could grow anymore. I thought it was already big. Like big, big. I hope big. Roush saw this. I hope Roush saw this text. That could be a big deal to him. Could be. A texter says on the Thornton's text line, "I seriously can't believe Kenny's response about the state of Louisville basketball. He's so clueless. I almost feel bad for him." Says one texter. It is wild. Like his response was wild. I definitely feel bad for Kenny Payne. No question. The question was, here, here's the exchange. Just wondering, as you guys got to this point in the season, have you had talks with Josh Hurd, Louisville Athletic Director, about your future here? And if so, how did those talks go? Anything that he was saying to you that as you now look to build? Kenny Payne said, I don't really understand the question. Have I talked to Josh about my future? <laughs> and the follow-up was, yes. Have you all had a conversation about this, where he wants to see the program headed and also just about things he wants to see moving forward? I don't think that's a good question, Kenny Payne said. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Of course, I have not had one conversation with Josh about my future. I don't know if there's any reason to have a conversation with Josh about my future. I go to work every day. I love Josh. Josh says he loves me. There's nothing to talk about. I've got a job to do. I mean, like, <laughs> dang. Kenny, you won four games. You don't under like you don't see why people are asking you big picture <laughs> questions. That's wild, Scoots. It's a wild response when you just finish the season at a prestigious program with four wins. Man, it, it's kind of embarrassing, really. It's wild. It's wild stuff. And I like Kenny Payne. Like I want, like I said, I want him to succeed to a certain extent. Uh, I definitely didn't want him to, you know, go four to win four games. I did. Be the laughing stock of college basketball. You did. That's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, with five hundred dollars on the line. Come on. That's true. You did have the big money on it, and you won, and we're very, very happy for you. A, a texture says, "I'm glad I'm not the only one who kind of wants to lose in the SEC tournament." Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm almost certain that no team goes into the NCAA tournament with a winning streak 
has went on to win the whole thing. So keep that in mind when picking your brackets. No, that's not, that's, I mean, that's 1000% not true. Yeah, UConn. Teams all the time win their conference championships and then go on to have great marches. UConn's big run that one year. They, didn't they win the conference tournament and then ended up winning the whole thing? 2011 they did. 2014 yeah. they did not. Right. They lost to Louisville in their conference championship game. But, uh, no, I mean, it happens all the time the teams go on runs. I, I, I think the, the better take texture would be lose early in the SEC tournament so you get even more time to get a very unhealthy team healthier uh, instead of having to kind of press three games, three days. That would That's the take I thought you were going when I started to read your text at first. Not so much that teams that are hot in March all the time have deep runs, and it starts sometimes in their conference tournament game. And those those are the ways you spin it, whether it's positive or negative. If UK loses Friday to Vandy, woohoo, Scoots, we're going to get healthy. All right, we get a whole week or at least six days to get healthy. That's going to be great for this team. If they go and on to play the Sunday or if they win the SEC tournament, then we say, aha, they're hot at the right time. Watch out for this group. They're ready to rock and roll. Nothing can stop them. So you can spin it either which way. It's all on the mindset. Yeah, or just being if you want to be a positive Patty or if you want to be a negative Nelly. Interesting. I was unaware lottery ticket placement behavior is hereditary. Also, I'm sure you've noticed that a large number of lottery winners end up broke. That's because people that are good with money do not buy lottery tickets. That's from Shano. Shano, it's okay to dream. It's okay to play the lottery Absolutely. dream. That's what we're doing here at the Big X. And placement is definitely hereditary because you watch something your whole life, you're going to do the same thing. <laughs> definitely hereditary on lottery placement. A texter says, John here. Good Wednesday morning, everyone. Glad to hear TJ back. Man, my excitement level keeps climbing because in just a couple more days, it'll be game day. Tell me, out of the teams our Cats could play for our first game of the SEC tournament, which one would you rather play and why? We'll got to go talk to you later. Uh, I'd rather play Georgia or LSU, <laughs> yeah. not, not Vanderbilt ideally. Although, again, they Kentucky needs to be able and should be able to beat Vandy. But it's a tough. Vandy can be a tough matchup. I think back during the game before in Nashville, where UK won, I called them like an Alabama light, and then I think Alabama beat them by like eighty points, just like four days after that. But they are Alabama light in the sense that they have a ton of dudes that can spread the floor, and they're just going to eventually find the person they can take off the dribble and do just that, take them off the dribble. So it's a tough matchup. It's similar, but you know, Alabama light. It's really mid-major plus. Sometimes you get those like small conference opponents. St. Peter's, where it's just like, man, they're not better than you from a talent standpoint, but they're so tough to guard that it's just it's not the matchup you're looking for. So Vandy's a tough matchup. I'd I'd, I'd like to avoid them if you could, but you're going to see them well, on Friday night, and you need to beat them. Here's if you're one scared of Vandy. You need to beat them. Here's one thing we haven't touched on when it comes to Vandy is you've got the revenge factor. Kentucky lost their last game against Vandy, so potentially that'll motivate the guys to come in and want to just kick their head in. They if. You should. You should be a little embarrassed you lost to them at home on senior night. Boom. Just uh, about, what, two weeks later, ten days later, you're getting another another shot at them. A texter says, hey, Roush, how many players from Louisville have an offer from UK? It must be a ton since they play such a high level of basketball. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I knew that I was going to rub people the wrong way. It wasn't an aggressive take from Roush. Like, seventh region is the best region, but there are other competitive regions, too. There are other teams that – there are other regions that could have multiple state champions. That's – You know. They could get to the tournament. Two days in a row now, Roush had the whole Louisville basketball take. And I don't want them to touch the Sweet 16. I don't want them to do it. keep it the same. But if you wanted to do if you wanted to do something 
You can make it similar to districts where your district championship game, those teams advance. You can do something like if you make it to your region championship game, both teams advance. And instead of a sweet 16, you could do a round of 32 and get everybody there. And maybe even do like a little pod where, you know, by the time you get to the quarterfinals, only one team from each region could be there. Uh, that way, just it doesn't turn out to be like a seventh region championship game or another region championship game. In the in the if you want to do that, that's that's one solution. But don't touch anything. People like Roush sometimes get me a little nervous because he wants to give everybody a participation trophy and a ribbon <laughs> for doing a good job. So I get a little nervous about it. So don't touch it. But if you are going to touch it, there's the, there's the answer. A texter says he will never be his father. Uh, that was in regards to. LeBron, I think. Uh, Another texter says, do her friends at school call her Little Blue Drew? (laughs) And that's in reference to the girls' Sweet 16, which starts Thursday, Roush said, Scoots? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Is that in Bowling Green still? Uh, That I don't know. What? It's not in Rupp? No, it's usually in different spots. Why would they not do the girls in Rupp if they do the boys in Rupp? Title I nine. Think they just kind of want to cater to different parts of the state. Title nine is what I'm shouting. They're both getting to play at college facilities. Hmm. I'd rather play in Rupp. Right. Scooch, you got any locks for me today? I need to get hot. Uh, I have not looked at the board either yet today. I'll send some over here in a few hours. Okay. All right. Well, we got basketball all day today. I think today's the first day where it's just like I'm pumped. From start to finish. I'm pumped. And it starts, I believe, at 1130. Uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it. I don't really have any locks for you, at least at the moment. You've said I you've see, been cold, so I'm not listening anyways. You shouldn't listen. You're, you're correct. <laughs> You'll be on Spears today, right? Correct. Absolutely. All right. That's at noon here on Big X Sports Radio. This is Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. We'll see you then. Tell them step off. I'm doing the hump. The hump detectors. Here's your chance to do the hump. Everybody.